sauce, and ranch dressing. Counteroffer even serves vegan mac and cheese. All of this great food is served 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. daily and until 11 p.m. on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Counteroffer is located inside Bender's Bar and Grill at 806 South Van S. Be sure to tell them Mutiny sent you. Counteroffer, baby. It's six o'clock. It's Friday night. It's time for the happy hour. The happiest of hours with comedians from San Francisco. You guys, I mean, you're fucking in for it. I've just watched great comedy. I 43 shows in five days. And um, I hate to say it, but people from other places are better than you. <laughs> the people from L.A. fucking so much more professional. I mean... I mean, even some of the Portland people, I'm like, these, they're good. So uh, we have a lot of work to do here in San Francisco. I just, the festival was pretty amazing and so many talented people uh, were here from out of town. And I was, I was fucking humbled by the people that were here. I'm like, oh my God, you're actually like good at comedy. Like, I'm like, am I championing mediocrity over here? Ah, fuck me. Fuck Mutiny Radio. Just kidding. I don't know. I don't know. I'm delusional. I have no idea what's what's anything anymore. I'm like, although I did, there are people from out of town and they are fucking funny. And they, are they funny because I've never heard their jokes before and I've just heard your jokes too many times? I don't know. I don't know. It's bananas. It was a fun time. You'll be able to apply uh, for the fifth year in September if you want to be a part of it because it was pretty awesome this year. Like, my hard work actually paid off. Kaiser Lieb was here. He ran the door. He was great. He did, and he saw funny people, too. Your first comedian of the night. It's funny. Mark Neuer was here a lot. Not here now, even though he's supposed to be hosting. Uh, he brought he brought his cute... He has this new dog that looks like a, not a dog. It's, like, so cute. It's like, oh, my God, you're going to murder that thing. <laughs> like, oh, He found it in the street in the rain. It's like a $7,000 teacup Yorkie. It's the cutest thing in the whole world. So he must be making out with his dog somewhere instead of here hosting. So I'm just going to host from back here for a minute, and then when he comes, he'll... I don't know what he'll do. You never know with Mark Norrie. Your first comedian of the night. Uh, what a lovely human being. Uh, clap. Oh, so I told everybody, when you hear the horn, it's a minute. Well, they, people say, why? Why would you have a horn? And that's for new comedians to learn what a minute feels like <laughs> so that you don't go to the punchline and see the light and then go for two minutes like, I'm going to get a laugh. I'm going to get a laugh. You just got to close it down at some point. Your first comedian of the night, he's going to make you laugh. Everybody, put your hands together for Murahad Shaki. <laughs> If you could all direct your attention to the ethnically ambiguous toddler on stage so that we may begin. Uh, broke up with my girlfriend last week, uh, which is a bummer. Uh, nothing was super wrong except she was her. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I think it's probably a pretty bad sign for your relationship when you consistently have better conversations with your Uber driver than your significant other. Oh, hey, hey, what's up? Not much. How was your week? G good, good. So you want to bang? All right, yeah, sure. Oh, well, it was nice seeing you. Um, yeah, uh, I was worried she wouldn't take it well. I was worried she'd take it hard, start calling me names, nail like dead animals to my front door. Instead, something a lot more disturbing happened. She took it super well, like really, really well. She was like, 
I understand your rationale. I respect your decision, and I wish you the best going forward. It was like I broke up with like the head of HR or something like that. <laughs> so basically, for the last eight months, we've just been mutually tolerating each other. Uh, so I'm getting back in the dating game, and you know I'm serious because uh, I'm not on Tinder. I'm on OkCupid because I'm looking for the one. And uh, I bought the premium membership because uh, why not pay $9.99 to not feel false hope, right? Um, so uh, they have this feature uh, where you can boost your profile. Um, so you pay a little money, and then they guarantee you 200 people will see your profile over the course of five minutes. So I did it, and uh, not a single like. So I p basically paid $3.99 to relive high school like 25 times over the course of five minutes. Yeah, so uh, trying to figure out some stuff about myself. Stuff like, uh, am I white? Could I get like a quick show of hands? Am I white? Or trying to figure it out. That's a real point of debate in my family. Because on, <laughs> uh, on one hand, uh, nor we're North African. That doesn't sound very white. But on the other hand, white people had to start somewhere. We're better than North Africa. Uh, but like when I refer to myself as a white person, white people are like, nah, you're not white. But if I refer to white people as another, they go, nah, well, you're basically white. So I can't tell, do you not want me on your team or do you just think your team sucks? Um, I uh, get a lot of misplaced racism, uh, a lot of anti-Semitism. I am not a Jewish person, but I take a lot of L's for the Jews. Uh, like I uh, went to school in Missouri. I took my super white ex-girlfriend to uh, diner, we both ordered the same thing, a uh, full stack of French toast, you know, like cut diagonally. And she got hers in a row, and I got mine in the Star of David. <laughs> so I couldn't tell, like, are you, are you, like, are you flexing on me, or are you trying to, are you trying to be inclusive? Is this your idea of inclusivity? Either way, I uh, left a big tip, because I'm so woke, I, I break up, I break other people's stereotypes. Uh, I was uh, in LA, and I passed by a film set, and, uh, one of the crew members, when I was uh, walking by drinking my coffee, went, little Jew likes his Starbucks. And I was like, excuse me, A, no, not a Jew, B, this blonde roast is delicious. <laughs> so uh, I, I've been down in the dumps. I thought I would go uh, to a self-help forum, which is, I think, the sign of a losing battle. Uh, <laughs> And uh, there were lots of threads about people looking for reassurance and stuff like that, but one thread was a dude literally just asking for people to list out reasons not to kill himself. And the community was super warm. They were being really nice, take it one day at a time, you're so young, there's so much to live for. But one guy at the very bottom um, left a detailed step-by-step -step explanation on how to hang yourself and how to pick a place that will support your weight. Because a lot of people try to do that and just get body image issues instead. And I was shocked, I was horrified. So I, I, I clicked his post history and he had thousands of posts like that, like what well, household pills will kill you, uh, lethal levels of carbon monoxide. And then I found his mission statement, which was human existence is suffering, so I'm gonna help end as much of it as possible. And I was shocked, I was horrified. All I could think of was, man, why can't I apply myself like this guy? Every day he's out there honing his craft, perfecting his art form, and I'm too scared to do an open mic but we can't all be like our heroes. Anyway, thank you, Mirage Murahachaki! That movement is called anti-humanism, saying, save the planet, kill yourself. Also, I appreciate your use of a blonde roast. Those girls are dumb, aren't they? Your next, 
It's a blonde roast, baby. I'm just, I'm kidding. It's, blondes can be just as smart. My boyfriend is blonde, still natural blonde, and he is darling. Your next comedian, also darling. Put your hands together, everybody, for David Stolowitz. I had my birthday back in January, and I had been on Facebook for over a decade. So Zuckerberg sends me this private message that says, Dave, we're so grateful for your loyal service. So you know what we're going to do for your birthday out of the kindness of our hearts? We're going to donate an entire dollar to a charity of your choice. I was bowled over. How do I spend this great gift? And I thought about it for a minute, and I'm like, what's well, cheap? It only costs a couple of dollars. A belt. You know, Warhol Kaufman really needs a belt. He's been running around with his underwear sticking out for three years like he wants to get nailed in prison. Let's buy Warhol a belt. That'll be my charity. And uh, Zuckerberg was like, "Uh, I'm sorry, that's not a legitimate charity, Dave. How about the Red Cross instead? I said, the Red Cross? Didn't they steal $500 million that was meant for earthquake relief in Haiti? I don't know if that's a good choice. And he's like, oh, they would have just spent it on booze anyway. Who cares? Well, I thought, well, let me look around at what my friends are doing fundraisers for, because they're all doing birthday fundraisers on here. And most of them were earning money more for animals than people, because let's face it, animals are easier to love, aren't they? You know, it was uh, help Harry the hippopotamus with this hernia, or uh, help Jack the giraffe get gelded, you know, so on and so forth. And they asked me, Dave, what are you going to raise money for for your birthday? And I said, well, you know what charity could really use some help? Me. Yeah, you know, because I work hard. I do a lot of stuff for the community I don't get paid for. I still have bills to pay. How about we earn some money for me? And they suck up their noses and go, oh, I just hate it when people expect a handout and stroll off like Warhol does. (laughs) So I said, well, enough of this. So let's get off Facebook. Go check the email. I open it up, and there's five letters in there from men trying to raise money for, like, guys with prostate cancer who have mustaches or something like that. It was really confusing. I'm like, okay, enough of this then. Uh, How about some good old-fashioned snail mail? Let's go out to the mailbox. I open it up out there. There's three letters from the Sierra Club asking me for money. I wonder how many trees this environmentalist organization is cutting down to ask for money to save the environment. It's kind of ironic, isn't it? But you know what, guys? They really guilt-tripped me on that. I'm going to have to send them that money, because you know what was inside each and every one of those envelopes, sir? A nickel. Now I'm really in debt. I mean, the energy they put in, the minerals, you know, the environment is not getting saved this way. That's my feeling. So I said, enough of this. I want some dinner. Let's go to Safeway. I could go for some two-day-old cheap sushi. How about you? And I jump in the car and turn on the radio on the way there. You're listening to 91.1 Jazz out of San Mateo. Did you know the arts will die without your money, Dave? (laughs) You need to send it in now, okay? The bills are adding up. It's going to be top 40 for the rest of your life, man. Annoyed, I changed the channel to Santa Clara College Radio. (laughs) That was Experimental Techno, number 65, by Junior Bob Saget. Dave, do you want to hear Purple Rain? over and over again for the rest of your life? Or maybe Raspberry Beret? Because that's all you're going to hear. Top 40 shit, Stolowitz. Where's the money, Dave? Where's the... I got to Safeway at that point. 
I got out and uh, looking around, I saw some homeless guys and I think, wait a minute, I got a bunch of recycling in the back because my parents don't want to pay to recycle. They're snobs in Santa Clara, you know how it works. So I'm like, hey dude, you want some recycling? This is worth like four bucks, right? And he's like, oh, that, that's nice and all, but how about some cash? Ugh, I had enough of that. I went inside there. I waited in the line to get all my stuff together. And when I got to the checkout stand, it said, do you want to donate 10 bucks to the Red Cross? I said, no, 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 no. But then I just got evil eyes from people because I'm selfish, you know, the millennial. I finally get outside and I feel this tug on the side of my shirt. I turn around and go, what, what? And it's a little girl and she looks up at me and says, I'm sorry, sir, but would you like to buy some Girl Scout cookies? Do you have any tag-alongs? She did not. Thank you, guys. You have a great night. David Stolowitz, everyone. And now your host, where's the dog? Oh, my God. Mutiny Radio. My dog is on its way. How are you guys doing? My name is Mark Neuer. I'm going to be your late host today. Actually, your late fill-in host, because your other host uh, was going to be more late than I. So here I am. Uh, I'm not going to waste any of your guys' time, because we're already past the time that I was supposed to be here, so I missed my set. Um, so I'm going to interrupt someone else's during the middle of the show. So You're, you're okay, Mark. There are not a lot of people on the list right now. Okay, it's it's it. looking pretty light. Um, you guys use YouTube? Yeah. Cool. Uh, I hate YouTube. I hate YouTube because they choose to put ads on every fucking thing. And their ads... They're always the same for like months at a time. Right now they have this one going. It's, it's uh, for Coors Banquet. The, the, the owners are like, for us, is Rocky Mountain water or nothing. <laughs> what, are you going to fucking just die from <laughs> no water if your fucking Rocky Mountains seem to just not be producing as much this year? The fuck, dude? Tap just don't work for you guys, huh? Fuck. Like, Coors would just not be the same without your fucking Rocky Mountain runoff, huh? I don't know. I have no idea. That was just something I thought was ridiculous. You know, this is great. I was, I was thinking of a really cool app. Um, <laughs> I was thinking of an app uh, for the bus. It's called, uh, hey, wait for me. It's, uh, it's, it's a really cool app. It's a free-to-use app uh, if you're running for, late for the bus and five of the people are wait, running late for the bus. You all click the same stop, and it stops for you. But if you pay that small fee of $100 a month, if you press the thing, the bus stop, the bus explodes. Cool. Okay. <laughs> Working on that one. Great. Um... I was watching, trying to listen to music on YouTube recently, and the ad came up for me. It said, there's just so much to see. Your eyes are always working. It's like, it wouldn't be if you would stop giving me ads. Trying to listen to music, bud. Okay. Uh, are you guys paying your dues today? I know uh, he almost handed me money as soon as I walked in. Like, here, you can have this $2. It's in here. You guys just put it all in here. Do that for me. Can you do that for me? Wonderful. There's two of you. Fantastic. Um, you don't got to do it now. That's okay. No, okay. All right. Well, that's two more dollars when you get on stage. So, oh, well, then good thing I reminded everybody. 
I'm trying to think if there's any other jokes that I've been working on because um, you've all heard my ass-eating joke, and I'm sure I know when, you, when I walked in, everyone was like, oh, I can't wait to hear how good of an employee he is. Um, so th- my name is Mark Neuer. It's been that for 23 years now. It took me 23 years to find out that Neuer in French means walnut, which I think is fantastic because my middle name is William. So I could just remix my name to be Willie Walnut for the rest of my life. And I think that's spectacular. I think that's really wonderful. Because that sounds like Willy Wonka's porn name. <laughs> Could you imagine the porn? Really want like just the porn music, not even the whole episode. Just the just the music. Like come with me, and you'll be in a world of impure masturbation. <laughs> I did that the other night at a show, and when I got off stage, I went to shake the host's hand, and she laughed at me. It was like I'm not touching you. I'm not even gonna touch you. Um, my dad has the name Neuer, obviously, because that's my uh, last name, but he grew up as a Gonzalez, a Daryl Gonzalez, which would have been really weird for him. I would imagine a Daryl Gonzalez just doesn't, the name just doesn't really matched with a white dude. It's like, okay, white dude, Daryl, that makes sense. Then Gonzalez, that doesn't make any sense at all which was, that was his reasoning probably for changing it back to Neuer when he grew up. I have an older brother, Corey Gonzalez, um, and then I'm Mark Neuer, my younger brother's Trevor Neuer. (laughs) I feel like if I grew up as a Gonzalez, I would have changed my first name to Marco. It was Marco Gonzalez, and then I would have just told everyone my middle name is Polo, like Marco Polo Gonzalez, you know, because it already has that French thing going on with the Neuer. Anyways, I'm gonna go fuck myself. Is that the list right there? Fantastic. Are you guys ready? You guys having a good Friday? Fuck yeah. Is my puppy here? Wonderful. The puppy has arrived, so the show can start. You're David Solowitz, right? Okay, last time you checked. Okay, cool. All right, so um, your next comic, um, cool name. It's a a cool name. Uh, I think it's Fiat Chase, ladies and gentlemen. Make it loud. What's up, I'm Fiat Chase. Pam, my ex-girlfriends know what a minute feels like, all right? Best minute of their life. Christ. You know, speaking of time, you know, I don't think the number might be wrong, but, like, I see just, like, as I'm scrolling, trolling, whatever the fuck you call it, Alexis has come out with uh, something like a 60,000-hour documentary. They're like, no one's going to watch it. Alexis has come out. So, like, basically, they have... And they're nice cars. My uncle had one. They have Ken Burns making left, making math in the left. Like, what, what? What? I'm making the math. They're like, um, Ken, we want to show you the Lexus SC400 coupe. So, yeah. I'm a little excited. A little coffee today, man. Like... Wanted a pizza. I was like, I'll have another Big Bang. I'm like, don't create another universe or anything. I'm the worst at fucking coffee shops, right? Um, I was a barista once. 
did not go well. You know what I mean? I ha- I have like coffee shop situations, barista situations. I have to talk to other baristas about my barista situations. That's a whole, uh, that's a story. So what I want to do is start a little shit on the internet, which I never do. So the funniest thing I think I've seen on the internet, I was just going to the fucking DMV one day, right? And why do, how is this not caught on. I'm going to try to make it catch on. I see on my screen, you guys know what the Jeopardy questions look like, the blue screen. This says, and it's a guy I know, I'm just boop-a-doo, you know, you're just walking. Items upon which name has ejaculated upon. Oh my God, I fucking lost it. I had to go into this coffee shop. I didn't even start a barista situation. Then I look at the thread, you know, and it's like things that do not move quickly. You know what I mean? Like I knew the guy. So mine was like, you know, Gordon Ramsay's midget porn stunt double. You know, the guy, like it was like, <laughs> the dude that started is like, this thread's going to go on for a week, isn't it? Like four days later, we're all like, so do yourselves a favor. Go home tonight. Jeopardy question, blue screen, if you're funny, we'll see tonight, put some shit like that up there, how has that not caught on? Um, What have I been doing? Fuck, what have I been doing? Not much. I did comedy last night. What did I talk? Oh, yeah, yeah, last night I did this. Here, here, here. Here, so... I talk about yoga pants a lot. I want to, you want to do a little artist or uh, audience participation. Can you describe what you see here? Please, sir. Forearmed white ladies with fucked up hair and tights. Tights. What are the tights like? Uh, he didn't even notice. Forearms. I didn't even. Yoga pants. This is the solution to not looking at the crotch on the yoga pants. And this is the crotch. It is like the tight V poof. Forearms. Okay. I just want to say that. You guys are all seeing this clearly, right? What are you guys looking at? The, the crotch? No. All right, so, you guys looking at my crotch now? Fuck, I got a little, one minute, it makes me, all right, what do we got going? One minute, fuck, we got Kaiser Chose, we got, um, what happens in a minute? Art critic, German art critic, emergency number exit three, we have the shadows right here, you see the pain falling off, it's like rain, it's black and white, it's Beautiful. I don't know if this sounds like a German. I don't know who we'll left Kaiser come up here. Play some music, Kaiser. Play. It's a happening. It's a 60s happening. We're time machine back to this. Kaiser, when you come up, play some guitar, the classical guitar. Play to the black and white photo. It's emergency exit number three. Thank you. I'm Fiat Chase. <laughs> Make it loud for my dad, everybody. Make it loud for my dad. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, my God. My dad. What? Thank you. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Thank you. Oh, I'm, it's like I'm learning how to do stuff. Oh, my God. Uh, I'm a barista, too, actually, and I don't, I don't know what that, I don't know what a, being a barista is. Okay. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, your next comic Last name is what I should have stayed in. Ladies and gentlemen, Ryan Schooley, ladies and gentlemen. All right, nail the last name. Most people say Schooley. He got a first try. Clap it up for that. Knowing my first name without knowing me. Always impressive. Um, Happy to be here with you guys. Uh, Things have been going well for me. New things been happening. I've been getting compliments from the ladies, which never happened before. 
Uh, all these compliments are of the same variety. Uh, they're not the one that I want. Uh, like I, I'm hoping for compliments about my looks or my personality, and what I'm getting is you sound exactly like Ray Romano. That's what the ladies have for me. Uh, could have compared me to any any guy's voice. Could have compared me to a, a sexy voice like Thor from the Avengers. They hear me, they're like, nope, fuck you. Woolly Mammoth from Ice Age. That's what you sound like. That's the guy that you are. Um, I, do, uh, I do have a girlfriend, though. I, I got a lady in my life, six years in the game. She's right there. <laughs> it's weird if I don't point her out. It's weird if I do. <laughs> This is why you do not bring your significant other to an open mic. Uh, there is no winning. Uh, uh, my girlfriend is black, as you can see. Uh, fuck yes. We uh, <laughs> we were uh, we went to the the Black Joy Parade in uh, in Oakland a few weeks back. It was great. We had a great time. Um, she got this sticker. She was super excited about. She's like, oh, when we get home. I'm gonna put this sticker in our front window so that everybody walking by our building will see. That front window happens to be my home office. Uh, that's the room where that window is. So if you walk by our building from nine to five on a weekday, you will see a sticker that says black and proud. And then you will see me on my laptop. Those are the two things that Instead of a person of color standing tall, you're just gonna see a white dude with horrible posture, hunched. <laughs> Be like, he is not black, he is not proud at all. <laughs> at all. Um, yeah, you know, we are, uh, I'm here, we're here, we're, do we're doing the thing at open mics, following our dreams, right? Yeah. Yes, it's, uh, I don't I, I I read a lot of inspirational <laughs> quotes about following my dreams, because I need to. Um, they, uh, they, there's a bunch of great quotes about it, uh, but they all, people only talk about the good parts about following your dreams. Like, no one ever talks about the horrific, awful parts about it, you know? Like, like my favorite inspirational quote uh, of all time, it's the Wayne Gretzky quote. Uh, you miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. Which that like that gets me amped. It's like, man, I gotta go out there. I gotta take some fucking shots. I gotta do this shit. Uh, but you know what's worse than missing a hundred percent of the shots you don't take? Taking a hundred shots and missing all of them. That's substantially not nearly as good. All right. I got the horn. I'm gonna leave it there. Keep it going for your host. Make it loud one more time for Mr. Schooley, ladies and gentlemen. What uh, an awesome set. Uh, I miss all of my shots, too. That's why I'm a stand-up comic. That's uh, probably why you are, too. We didn't. Sports, probably. School, though. School, yeah. Anyways, great set. This is my puppy. <laughs> Let's fucking move on to the more important things in life. My puppy, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Mutiny Radio's unofficial mascot. I was going to keep nodding at you and looking till I got a round of applause. So you, good thing you guys caught the fuck up. You can make it official. I don't give a fuck. We can, we can make a tiny little <laughs> It is Instagram official. I posted it on, on the story because I'm in control of things like that. So yeah, It has its dude. own hashtag, puppy love. Puppy love, dude. 
Hell yeah. Uh, your next comic. Wait, what's its name? Oh, this is Little Bean. Little Bean. Little, little Coffee Bean. Is that, bean. Is, is, oh, Coffee Bean, not like as in Francis Bean, like Kurt Cobain's daughter? Not no, that kind of No, that would bean. be cool too if I was going to blow my brains out. <laughs> so that'd be, because this is my daughter, so that's wonderful. Your next, your next comic is not Bean or my daughter. Um, cool. Do you run any shows? No. No, you, well, no he, he, but he used to, Rest in peace, Grant and Green, ladies and gentlemen. You, you, you did a lot over there, didn't you? A lot of co-hosting. Ladies and gentlemen, your next comic is amazing, extremely funny. Make it loud for, for Cole Chapman, ladies and gentlemen. Many curveballs of comedy is sometimes you'll be presented an extremely adorable animal and then they'll say, hey, talk about your dead. And I'll be like, what? I don't want to talk about that dude. <laughs> like, look at this dog over here. I want to play with that dog. And I got to sit here and talk about shit. It's the curse of comedy, guys. I do it for you guys. All right. So remember that. Yeah, exactly. I'm very brave is what I'm saying. You should clap more like James. That's what I'd like. How you guys doing? You guys doing all right? Good? I'm in a weird mood. Uh, uh, never mind. I can't do that bit because my phone's over there. So I'm in a good mood, guys. I just talked to my dad. <laughs> Let's shift moods depending on the set. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. He recently told me uh, uh, some advice. He was like, uh, uh, now that you're single, I think I should tell you the secret to getting women. I was like, dad, that's weird way to put it. But yeah, what's the secret? What do you got? And he goes, the secret is it's not about what they know about you. Okay, is what they think about you. Uh, and as I was thinking that over, uh, he continued with, uh, women think you're gay. <laughs> and that sucked. Uh, that wasn't good advice. I thought we were going to have a nice bonding moment there, but he just kind of steamrolled it. Uh, kind of uh, wasn't, wasn't a fan of that. And I kind of forgot it until uh, a couple weeks later, I ended up hooking up with a lady. Yes, it was, a, uh, yes, it was nice. Thank you. Thank you. Hold your applause, please. Uh, and I realize that I'm uh, very vulnerable when I'm not in a relationship and I hook up with somebody. Is anybody else, anybody else more of a relationship person? Perfect. I am, and uh, I realize this because um, during, like, you know, things are getting hot and heavy, right? We're hooking up. Uh, I took my shirt off, uh, and she roasted me so hard it changed my life. Uh, has, this ever, has this ever happened to you? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Kaiser, I know. <laughs> I assumed. <laughs> Anyway, so she, she looks at my chest, right? Her eyes get big, and I was like, what's going on? You all right? And she was like, oh, it's fine. It's just that uh, your body reminds me of home. And I was like, that's a very weird thing to say. Would you like to explain this before it totally kills the situation? She's like, yeah, it's nothing weird. It's just that your chest is so flat and white, it reminds me of Kansas in the wintertime. I know. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, it's like Christmas. I was like, you don't need to <laughs> tag it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Started doing push-ups so fast. It was ridiculous. It was just a blur from the bed to the floor. It's like, I'll show you, bitch. It was crazy. She was trying to make me feel better while I was down there. She was like, no, I'm just saying your body's got potential. You know, you're like a, you're like a Bob Ross painting before it gets started. You know, it's just like a, just like a big square rectangle, you know, flat white. <laughs> it takes a lot of work to make it happy, but it, you'll, you know, you'll do it. A lot of work. You'll, you'll get there. A lot of work. Uh, that, and that afterwards, uh, we actually ended up uh, hooking up, and it was great. We had a good time. Uh, afterwards, uh, she kind of leaned in, we were pillow talking, uh, and she was like, "Oh wow, that was um, that was great." Uh, women have been missing out. Yeah, and I was like, <laughs> "It's like, what do you mean? 
women have been missing out. She's like, I'm like the, um, I'm like your first, like on, you know, on like this team. And I was like, no, like, why is everybody, <laughs> why is everybody saying this? And she's like, oh, okay. So you go around dressing like a metrosexual version of Woody from Toy Story. And now I'm the asshole for assuming you're gay. This is how it's going to work. Exactly. I was like, good point. <laughs> you put it like that. That's a very well argued position. So I go home and I tell my dad uh, that story uh, and he dies laughing. And I just want to say right now, RIP pop. Okay, just kidding. Uh, he was fine. Uh, he, he had a good time. He enjoyed the bit. Uh, and I was like, dad, you got to tell me what's going on. What's the deal? And he was like, do me a favor. Sit down for a second. And I was like, yeah, no problem. And he's like, see that right there? And I was like, what? I don't see anything about this. And he was like, you're, that, <laughs> that whole thing you're doing? I was like, no, what? He's like, you're sitting knee over knee. And I was like, what does that mean? He's like, knee over knee in America. I see you're nodding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, he goes, he goes, in America, if you sit knee over knee, you're the gay or European. Okay. Yeah, and he was like, and I haven't... Yeah, yeah, that's what I did. I started speaking with an accent immediately. I was like, oh, what do you mean, Baba? <laughs> I've been French this whole time. <laughs> All right, that's me. Give it up for uh, your host, everybody. Oh, my God, make it one more time for Cole. Make it loud one more time for Cole. Jesus Christ. Uh, Pam has some weed back there. I hit it one time, and now I can't speak. So it's going well here at Mutiny Radio. Your next comic, um, good friend of mine, a good Facebook friend of mine. You know what I mean? Really good, close Facebook friend of mine. Always uh, in the notification area, giving me likes or telling me that I'm wrong. Uh, your your next comic, co-host, low-key co-produce, uh, the Edinburgh Castle here in San Francisco. Um, he plays a mean ditty on a guitar. And I think you're going to experience something similar to that tonight. Uh, please make it loud for Kaiser Lieb, ladies and gentlemen. I was, I was hosting this open mic recently, and this woman came up to me, and she said, I really like you as a host. How many zones are there, guys? <laughs> well, I heard there was a secret chord David played and it pleased the Lord But you don't really care for music, do you? Go like this, the fourth, the fifth, the minor fall, and a major lift, the baffled king composing hallelujah. People are talking about serial killers a lot these days. <laughs> the only kind of cereal that I would like to kill would be those unfrosted mini-wheats. Those are tiny rectangles of disappointment and lie. X gon' give it to ya, he gon' give it to ya, X gon' give it to ya, he gon' give it to ya, X gon' give it to ya. Carpet's really great, right? Because any other surface, I would have just wiped it up 
but now there can be ketchup there forever to commemorate the time that I spilled the ketchup. You guys don't like that joke. You gonna swiffer? You gonna swiffer carpet? You swiffer your carpets though. You look like a person. You look like a person who swiffers carpets. That's. I don't know anything else about you. Almost heaven, West Virginia. Blue Ridge Mountain, Shenandoah River. That works a lot better if you guys sing along, by the way. You know the words. Babies are stupid, right? Babies are just tiny immigrants from the future. And sure, right now, they just want like a handout and free health care. But you know later on they're going to be stealing jobs from hardworking millennials. We should build a really tiny wall. I mean, it's International Women's Day. I've been dating a woman recently, or I've been seeing a woman recently. I once saw a woman, uh, but we're playing it cool, you know. I don't text her back. She does the same thing. Uh, sometimes she'll make me jealous, you know, go out with somebody else, go to Cabo with him, move away for his new job. She's playing it cool. Dating is weird for me, though, because I'm a 31-year-old software engineer, but I feel the need to do stand-up comedy because of my daddy issues. I'm out on a date. How am I going to expect some Instagram yoga girl to replace the missing love of a 6'2 oil worker? That's not fair to anybody. Like, oh, you really like music festivals and you majored in anthropology? How would you put out a burning well in Kuwait during the first Gulf War? Because that's what I actually need to fill the hole inside. I work out now, too, trying to make the dating thing easier, right? Anybody else? Cole Chapman, Cole Snapman over there, <laughs> trying to undo the problems. Uh, I think the only reason that anybody works out is because we misapprehend how much the other person's going to care when they finally do see us naked. Anybody else? Have you ever said, oh, never mind, no six-pack, I'm not going to... A small child just walked in. This is perfect timing. Hello, children. <laughs> People are like, no, Kaiser, it's just about the health benefits, just the general fitness. I'm a software engineer. It has never mattered how much I can squat. They're not like, oh, after you finish that login page, go over there, pick up that metal thing, grunt loudly, and put it back down again. All right, you guys are wonderful, I'm sure. Have a nice day. I'm Kaiser Lee. <laughs> Make it up for Kaiser Lieb, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, literally. Keep it clean. Uh, I would try to lure you into my van saying I lost my puppy, but that wouldn't work because it's in my hands. So that's the, po that's the joke. <laughs> um, 
this is going to be great. <laughs> this is going to be a great rest of this open mic. It's going to be very clean, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to be clean. What's going on? Oh, my puppy? This just turned into a Q&A. This is no longer... If you're a comedian, I will see you the next open mic. Uh, my puppy is... I'm not sure how old. I've had her just over a week. I found her in the middle of the street in San Francisco in the middle of the night. It was pouring down rain. I almost hit her with my truck. So I haven't been able to take her to a vet because I'm a stand-up comedian. Uh, if you don't know what that is, that's a broke ass. Um, I would rather not talk about my browser history, please. Um, <laughs> thank, no, I know there's just three children in here, not including myself. You know what I mean? Uh, so I'm, I can, I could do that. I can, no, I can definitely, I know I can, I can do it. I can do it. I can do this. No, James, I could do this. Pam, I could do this. Just one. I have like the best clean joke. So I'm in a terrible employee. My manager tells me, Mark, I want you to clean this table, this one right here, till you can eat off of it. I eat ass. I'm not sure how clean you're going to want this table. You just move that little bit of tissue that's left over to the side, like a grown up, and we just move on. You know what I mean? If you. If you acknowledge it, it exists. If you forget, a, if you if you just forget about it, the mood isn't ruined. She doesn't have to wipe. Everything's great. I, I know it sounds gross. It re, in reality, it's very simple. All you got to do is just, it's called copy and paste. You just copy it and paste it anywhere else, and just forget about it. Just move on. That's my one clean joke. Yes. See. Yes. Yeah. Have a great night. Uh, he wants to hear more. He's he's so down. He's he's like, where are we going? The puppy, the ass jokes. Oh, me too. Have a good night. Thank you guys. God bless. Yeah, why'd you have to bring God into it? Like, why'd you have to do that? You're holding a puppy, and now you're talking about God. Satan bless. What do you want, Pam? Pam's like, fucking hell, Satan in my house. God damn it. <laughs> Ain't no Jesus around here. All right. So, um, your next comic is uh, oh. Yeah, I know who your next comic is. I don't know how to say his last name. What is it? That. Um, I think it's Chivon. Chittavon. There you go. Chittavon, ripping the bong. That didn't rhyme. It's okay. We're going to move on. I have a puppy. All right. Your next comic, uh, I met him at Hotel Utah, hosted by the amazing charity and Rachel. Uh, he was wasted at the bar uh, with his two friends talking about the WWE. And I was like, those are some people I'd like to talk to. And then I convinced him to become a comedian, and this is all my fault. So you guys are in for a treat. Make it loud for Jason Chittavon, ladies and gentlemen. Oh man, thank you for that, uh, Mark. <laughs> yeah, I just we were just talking about that. Uh, Mark and I we ran back like a year back, wasted as hell at the bar at Utah Saloon, and then I didn't realize it was an open mic. Wanted to go up, and then they kept convincing me like, "No, don't do it, dude. You're gonna embarrass yourself." I'm like, mm, "But I want to do it." 
So I kept telling Mark, like, put me on the list. I don't know if he did it on purpose or not. I was like, where the fuck is this imaginary list? And the list was never there. <laughs> but it saved me all that good embarrassment. But until I could really perfect my material, I didn't even know how to do this. So still new in the scene. And as I was coming out, I was like, all right, I'm going to try this out. And with, you know, your host over there, Pam Benjamin, she's been a really good mentor, helping all the comics out in the community. And um, yeah. So anyways, I don't know. I'm feeling pretty uh, gigglish today because I was watching the fucking news. I have a twisted mind. I don't know. Like now everything has turned upside down, just trying to like turn into that comic mode for some reason. And I don't know. I... It must be really dark humor or something of me. Like I'm like hearing like death and shit over the fucking news. I was like, it's pretty bad. But here's one that I thought was interesting and it just kept on going on a rolling effect. I don't know if you guys heard about where uh, this Uber driver had a self-driving car somewhere in Arizona and it just hit like a pedestrian and just decided to run across the street for no darn reason in the middle of the night. But sadly enough, yes, that person passed away and it was a huge lawsuit, but that detail doesn't matter. They fast forward into the news where like there was a sensor issue about these self-driving cars that they cannot detect during the day, they cannot detect people who are light-skinned, meaning white folks, like very light-skinned pigment. Yeah, so there's a sensor issue on that. During the evening time, oh, you guys ready for this? If you're very, <laughs> if you're really dark-skinned, the car would have issues detecting your skin pigment. So the, the news couldn't really come out and say this, that the self-driving vehicle is fucking racist. <laughs> so if you're really white and black, that car will fucking hit you <laughs> between a certain time of the day. So you got to watch out. But so if you're brown and Asian, you're right there in the median. So you're safe. These tests, <laughs> these fucking self-driving, yeah. Yeah, the self-driving vehicle that you know, Elon Musk is fucking making out there for Teslas and all these other companies. They're fucking racist. So just watch out for those. You know, everybody's going to be driving around with us in the city. We're in, we're in the Bay Area where everything's all progressive with tech. I just don't trust the road anymore. People are just getting so stupid and they're relying on technology. Cars themselves are fucking being judgmental. So <laughs> watch out for that, folks. Oh, my God. See, what else I saw in the news that I thought was fucking hilarious? Oh, yeah. A guy out in San Jose, uh, his name was Taylor something. See, I remember that. Fuck, we did not deteriorate my fucking memory here. Um, he was pulling people over and personing himself as a federal DEA agent. So he was keeping tabs on people who were doing like drug deals and stuff and pulling them over, confiscating them. Like, oh yeah, I'm gonna let you go for this with a simple slap on the wrist kind of deal. But he got caught. He got caught up, and oh my god, the way he got caught up is fucking rich as hell. He pulled over another federal DEA agent and said, like, can I see your badge? And this guy had no badge on him. He's like, sir, I'm going to have to arrest you. So this guy, this poor sap, has fucking pulled over. But anyways, that was my news. And thank you, everybody. Thank you, Mark. I'm Jason. Hey, make it loud for Jason one more time, ladies and gentlemen. That's, that was cool. That was, that was like the third set I've seen. The last time you were here, you were fucking t 
<laughs> torn up. That was good. Was beautiful. That was that was cool. That was that was a cool. I like that uh, that Tesla situation. Fucking can't touch t- to trust the tech, man. It's racist. That's awesome. Um, your next comic is a fucking major factor in the game out here. Uh, make it make it. Well, hold on. If you don't know, the one of the best open mics, not just in the city but on this planet, is uh, Co-Ran by by your next comic omg on sixth um the super deluxe supreme mic um i'm just jacking that because i know someone else has it um that's at omg so anyways make it loud for james moore ladies and gentlemen what's up friends good to be here i love how those fucking dude i'm so happy that family left jesus christ dude I can't believe they just walked in here with their fucking Aryan ass children and then just and then just started heckling immediately, dude. I've never seen such a short amount of time between st- like like showing up to a comedy show and then just ruthlessly heckling. Dude, the disrespect, dude. Um cool. Well, I've been trying to fuck more. Uh, I'm trying to do some more fucking. You guys doing a little bit of that? Um I've been having some trouble uh fucking though. Well, I've been having more trouble finding people uh to fuck. Um, and I think it's because at this point in my life, I'm much more concerned with getting a laugh than getting laid no matter what the situation is. Right. And like I go on these dates and I'm always saying like stupid ass bullshit. That's like cock blocking myself. Right. Uh, I was recently on a date, uh, with a black girl in the Marina, uh, which are words you don't hear used together very often. Um, and, uh, it's me and her and it's her two coworkers and they're Asian. Right. And the only reason I bring up that they're Asian is because, as we all know, Asians can be refreshingly racist, okay? Like, Asians, sometimes Asians just say, like, wild-ass shit that white people know better than to say, right? So, uh, so it's me and homegirl, and then one of the Asian girls turns around, and she's like, this is going so- to sound kind of racist, but... And I was like, ooh, this is exciting. And she goes, uh, neither of you two have the black accent. Like, what's going on with that, you know? Uh, and at first I was offended, but in fairness to the Asian girl, uh, me and the girl I was with, uh, we talk pretty similar. Uh, it's an African American dialect referred to as sellout. Um, and, uh, so I tried to explain to this girl. I was like, look, um, you know, black people, like everybody you talk, depending on where you're from, where you're raised, whatever. Uh, not every black person comes out of the womb sounding like ludicrous, believe it or not. She just goes, Hmm, that's interesting. Uh, but do you know how to do the black accent? And at this point, two things became clear. One, my whole lecture just had gone totally over her head. Uh, and two, that this is a perfect opportunity for a joke. Um, so I go, yeah, I know how to do the black accent. You want me to do the black accent? She goes, yeah, do it. So I go, <clears throat> oh, Lodi, I should do a shaku good. <laughs> Which I think is actually a pretty good bit. Um, I, t- I turn to my date, and after a long pause, she goes, I'm going to go home. And that was the end. And that was the end of that date. Uh, so the next day I was talking to my comedian friends. I was like, can you believe that she didn't like my, my bit? Like, it's a pretty good, it's a pretty good joke, right? Uh, and they go, wait, James, let me, let me get this straight. So you brought a black girl to the marina. Uh, someone says something heinously racist to her. And then the way that you decided to fix it was to do a slave impression. And I was like, you know, when you put it just like that, it actually does seem a little bit more fucked up. So maybe, maybe that's on me. Um, cool. I uh, was recently diagnosed with ADD. Uh, it was a self-diagnosis. <laughs> um, 
And I used a very experimental uh, diagnosis method. So most uh, most doctors, they start with the symptoms and they work to the cure. I actually worked myself my way backwards from the cure uh, to the disease. Um, I was like, I need Adderall. Uh, so how do I figure this out, right? Um, so I did diagnose myself. Uh, I then decided to break the news to my doctor. Uh, the tough news. And uh, so I called her. I just scheduled a phone appointment and I called her. She goes, and she goes, uh, so yeah, what is it going to be today? And at that point, I realized I'd not prepared for this like whatsoever. Uh, so I was like, uh, yeah, so, you know, I've been having trouble focusing. And she was like, uh, okay. <laughs> like, She's just like, uh, okay. And there was like a long pause. And I was like, ooh, all right, this is going to be, this is going to be harder than I thought. Um, and then she was, and I was like, yeah, you know, it's been really like disrupting like my life and stuff. She was like, uh, okay, uh, well, did you have, did you have a, she was like, do you have a history of acting up in school? And I was like, fuck, I don't know how to answer this one. So I was like, yes, I did. And that was the right answer. All right. So we're in, um, so this happened for about three more minutes. Uh, me just kind of, uh, bullshitting more or less. Uh, and then she goes, you know what? I think we're going to, I think I have something for you. I'm going to recommend meditation. And I was like, God damn it, dude. <laughs> so now for, <laughs> so now for every day I close my eyes and just think about how much I need some fucking Adderall. Um, cool. Uh, my walls are really thin. I have really thin walls and thin floors. I guess my house is just made of cardboard or some shit. Um, which means I get to, I can hear my roommates fuck, which is, which is fun. Uh, that's always cool. Um, is listening to them fuck. Uh, what's not cool is I can feel them fuck. Like my house, like like the other day I was trying to play FIFA and like my room was like rocking a little bit and I was like, that, those are the exact, that is the exact rhythm with which my roommate Ed fucks his girlfriend. Like that's like, I don't know you like that, bro. You know what I mean? Um, but, uh, but dude, one time I was trying to go to sleep and, um, and and my roommate was fucking his girlfriend so hard, my room is like violently shaking, right? And I realized in that moment, I've never been more excited for another man to come ever, dude. I was like, <laughs> I was like, let's wrap this up, dude, you know? And uh, <laughs> and my walls are so thin that I could even like hear them like dirty talking a little bit, which felt very intrusive, you know? And at one point she's like, come for me. And I'm like, dude, come for me, dude. Like I've... I've worked in seven hours. Um, wow, that, that's not even four minutes yet, huh? Um, I'm, I'm letting you, no, 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 you're at five, thir five oh, oh. you're at six minutes. I'm just giving you extra time because you're awesome. Wow. Just because you're well, so funny and there's time on the mic. And, oh, thanks. And, and I, I like, this. I'm sure everyone likes listening to you. If you're done, you can be done. Oh, yeah, I'll be done. Yeah, I'll. I'll okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> dude, it's wild, dude. Yeah, four roommates that all fuck very, very hard. Especially when I'm not fucking, which, which is disappointing. Uh, guys, thanks so much. Yay, he's, he's giving money. I like that. I like that a lot. I like the, I like the cash in the cardboard. Heck yeah. Yay. Make it out for James one more time. Uh, no, James got extra time because it's, it's Women's Month and actually it's Women's Day and we just, I love women and she loves women and we just appreciate you for being a woman and God bless you. Or it's, yeah, anyways. <laughs> but no, um, it's good that your roommates fuck hard enough for you to feel it too. They're just looking out for you because you're not fucking, you know what I mean? That's, it actually that's what it feels like. Right.
I'll just take that to land on its face. You know what I mean? That's great. It's supposed to be an eruption of laughter, ladies and gentlemen, which is exactly what you're going to do for your next comic. Um, your next comic uh, shouted that my hosting skip. Okay, Kaiser, uh, I'll go. Uh, uh, it's good seeing you too, and bye. Uh, your next comic shouted out that my hosting well, was like a good thing that I did when I took that dude off the stage by calling him my father because she thought it was funny. Um, and I wouldn't be able to get any of the time in to practice hosting uh, or like nearly as much time as I've gotten to practice hosting here and, and really just honing in on my skills here. And uh, it wouldn't have been possible without your next comic. So make it loud for uh, Pam Benjamin. Please. It's me. I have to run around. I have to run. I have to run around. Keep it going for Pam Benjamin, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not going to give myself $2 because I need it for beer later. Usually I give myself $2 in solidarity. I usually do that. Um, hey, hi, everybody. Yay. Uh, I, I, would, I would say funny things. Uh, I'll try. I just didn't even know I was going out. That's this is the dumbest excuse ever. Like, like I, I don't have. Um, yeah, it was. It was just so. It was so hard because I saw so many funny people last week, and I was like, "Well, what about me?" I listened to one of the podcasts where I thought I did really well, and I was like, "Oh, Jesus, Pam, you don't have enough time to practice your comedy." And here I am, not not actually using my time for jokes. I'll. Um, I'm gonna run through some old jokes just because I haven't run them in a while. Is that okay with everybody? Okay. I have a, yeah, classics. I have an, MF, I have an MFA in poetry. Yeah, give me the horn. I have an MFA in poetry. That, uh, that was a poor choice. That was, um, it wasn't a bad choice. It was a poor choice. Like, I'm, like I thought I was going to make money in poetry, right? Like, what do poets make money for? And I thought, you know, lyricism, people that write lyrics make money. Like, that's a thing for songs and stuff, you know? So I thought that I would write lyrics for death metal because there's only like seven words in those songs anyway. So uh, I wrote a couple and I thought I'd try them out for you guys. Um, the first one is called 23-Year-Old's Lament. I have, oh wait, that's the total closer part. See, look at this, I completely, that's why you have to run through your old jokes because I just skipped the first two parts of it. The first one is about things people like. Puppies, kittens, unicorns, lots of porn. People love jacking off. It's porn, hot naked people. Rhymes, people also like end rhyme. That's when you end the end of the, okay. The second song I wrote, uh, it uses assonance or embedded rhyme, which is rhyming the vowel sounds um, in the middle of the sentence. And it goes like this. At dawn, we chainsaws. <laughs> For those of you that don't speak death metal, that's at dawn with chainsaws. It's about carving up whales at dawn. It's very, very metal. Nice assonance. Yeah, saw, I use the aww sound. That was the assonance. The last one I wrote uh, is called 23-Year-Old's Lament, and I think this is gonna be like my really big hit, right? It goes like this. I have the 
worst roommate. Knock, knock, knock on the door while I masturbate. Oh, mom, why do I live with my mom? It's a death growl. It's a convention of death metal. Okay, thank you. That's supposed to get, that's supposed to get a clap break, like that act out. I haven't done it in so long. Like in my second year of comedy, that's like, that was my closer. It was like, everybody claps at that. They owe it like, ooh. It was fun, that was a good joke. I've been, <laughs> I've been, doing, I've been doing that joke for, for five years now and I still, I still enjoy it. Here's another one, this is for my thinkers in the crowd. God, this is, this is, my, this is my literary joke, all right? This is, I love this joke. Uh, I live in San Francisco, we all live in San Francisco. Food trucks, ubiquitous. I don't know if you guys remember when they were called roach coaches. Do we remember when food trucks were like, whoa, don't go there, whoa. And now there's a Filipino burrito. It has french fries in it. What does that mean? I don't know, it's delicious. I saw this brightly painted vehicle go by. Bookmobile, right? Remember the bookmobile? Uh, so I, I walked in and I got a steaming hot cup of Kafka. Ah. And when it arrived, it turned into a banana. And then I was a giant bug, and I looked out the window, and I saw melting clocks and burning giraffes, and I was like, da-da, da-da! But it was surrealism. It's a totally different movement. That's it, right, thank you, you got the da-da. See, that's good, we have to explain a joke, it's not funny, but sometimes, you're, sometimes it's just too literary. It's hard, I have a lot of Bible jokes, they only work in Arkansas. <laughs> Anyone, anyone ever been to Arkansas? You know, you connect with those people. Guns, God, and gravy. That's, they have four kinds of gravy. They have breakfast gravy. That's a thing. It's a fucking thing. It's real. They love it. It's real. I played to some of the largest audiences ever. Like the same amount of people in San Francisco, but they're just really big. Like they were taking up two chairs. Like there were multiple people in the audience that were like really big. I was like, wow, overalls at a comedy club. This is impressive. It was good, but they love, they love God, and I love God. I used to love God. I love the Bible. Uh, my favorite Bible verse is actually Leviticus 20.12, which is if you sleep with your father-in-law, you should both be stoned. I love to be stoned. I don't know if you guys know this about me, but I love to be stoned. Also, my ex-father-in-law looked a lot like Barack Obama. It's a hot man. You can blame the ex-president for anything you want. You can blame him for global warming, your smelly dick, porcupines, whatever the fuck you want. But you can't blame that bitch for being sexy. Ah, uh, take me a bite of that Barack. What? Ah, uh. so I thought he was a sexy fucking president. Miss him. Miss him a lot. Okay, I'm done. Thank you guys so much for letting me run jokes. I'm Pam Benjamin, Mark Noyer, yay! Okay, uh, everyone pretty much got a fucking set. Uh, are we running through the list again? You want to go through the list again? We have an hour. Yeah, if anyone wants to go again and do more time, feel free. <laughs> okay, all right, there you go, there you go. Uh, if you guys want more time, we could do that. If not, you guys can fucking leave. <laughs> do what you fucking want. I'll talk to myself if I have to. Don't scare the puppy. Um, He's Ooh, like, girl. I'm getting used to the yelling, Daddy. I'm getting I, used to it. Can I can I run my puppy bit? Let's do it. 
Okay. Um, I found this puppy. I already told that part, but uh, I'll just I'll go straight to where I posted about it on Facebook. I posted I found this puppy on Facebook, and everyone was I was like, "What should I do with the puppy? Like, what's what's my first step? Next step?" They're like, "Just keep the puppy. Just keep the puppy." And I posted like a couple days later that I've decided to keep the puppy, and everyone lost their mind. They're like, "Oh my God, that was such a good decision! I cannot believe that you decided. That's so good. I'm so glad. I'm so happy for you that you decided to keep the puppy." And I just realized that if I was to announce that I had a child, uh, everyone would have freaked the fuck out and said, why the fuck did you keep that baby? Like what you have your whole life ahead. You live in your truck, stupid. What are you doing having a child? Are you, you're gonna have to feed that like every day? I don't know. Anyways, uh, if we, you guys want to run the list, we can do that again. Uh, I think if we let's go from bottom to from the end of the list, to the front of the list, Pam, do you want to go again? No, I'm, I'm cool. Thanks, though. James? Cool? Everyone have a good night. <laughs> you, bye. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for being here, guys. Thanks for donating to Mutiny Radio. Well, Mark, if you want to bring it in here, or no, we're, you're gonna, we're going to keep doing this. Or, or if you guys, or we can just bring it in here and have like a podcast and just talk about shit. We can do that, too. That's a thing that happens here at Mutiny Radio is we just sort of bring it inside. And um, Mark, you um, you might want to roll the desk chair over. Uh, and you, because you hosted, you get one of those weed treats. They're very, very strong. These? Uh, yes. These, not you. Oh, you didn't host. Mark Neuer hosted. He was a host. Am I in? And he gets... Okay, so it's 50 milligrams. It's okay, a little cool. pig. And what they're used for, I like to melt... Ha- I'd melt half of it in my coffee. It's yeah. sugar, basically. It's like a little mapled sugar. Yeah, I had one of these... Uh, when I last one of the last times I hosted, I, you gave me one of these, and I did put it in my coffee, like you told me to. You're the pig. I wouldn't put the whole thing in your coffee. It's I'm gonna put the whole thing in my face. You are. I would. You can. It's it's kind of hard. You want to suck it like a. It's like a lollipop. Oh person. yeah. Come over here. It's kind of hard. It's a suck lot. It a it's it's a testing. lot of yeah. See. Little bits. Little yeah. bits and pieces. Little bits and pieces. Capital P gave me um. Two Don't let of, the dog have any. Mm. Uh, he freaked out. I was going to give her some edibles last time I was here. And he was like, don't give the dog any no, edibles. don't give the dog edibles. That's not a good idea, especially when it's a puppy. No. An older dog, I mean, they have a cannabinoid system, so it doesn't, so they feel pot. I've gotten my dogs accidentally eaten um, years ago. He Is ate pot, He ate 22 pot it's like, cookies. It's like sweet. I don't know. Oh, it's, it's like a sucker. Yeah, it's like a lot of sugar. It's like a, yeah. It's he sugar. gave me two little capsules last night, no, 25 a piece. 25 milligrams a piece. Oh, yeah. Are they protein? And I, Those things are good. I have no fucking idea what they were, but I was, uh, I saw two cops parked where I was parked earlier in the night, and I was convinced the feds were after me. I swear to God, I was driving down the street like a half a fucking maniac. I couldn't, do, I couldn't do anything. I couldn't drive at all. I was, I was, I was running stoplights, running stop signs, freaking out with these cops, like being more obvious and like more of a sore thumb to the cops than I would be if I would just calm the fuck down. I was being an idiot, but yeah, that, those edibles had me fucked up last night. <laughs> oh, God. This was a fun show, man. I, I really, Pam, this was really cool. And you're... What, we're just chilling, just being back here and... No, 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 no. The the, the mic, just uh, fr- this Friday was cool. Like, this is really chill. They're yeah, just a chill day. Absolutely. Well, I don't always like to pre-sign because it's like, it just rewards the people that troll the internet. And that's not fair. And then like... And they just want to go early and leave. Usually the people that sign up early, it's so that they can go out to another mic. And I get it. It was good. It was I don't nice want to ever force anybody to support 
um, up to stay. But it's, I mean, it's nice. I don't, I don't want it to be like a poetry reading where it's like, everyone stays. But it's nice when people support. And stay. Yeah. No, it is. It is. It's, it's, it is nice. It's nice to have an audience. It's nice when your peers like, cause like a lot of the time we're, we're so rushed and it, sometimes I feel like it may seem as if people don't like each other, but I think realistically it's live. People have lives. You know what I mean? And like, it was just nice seeing like some of the comics who stuck around tonight, like that don't typically stick around yeah, to cool. really hear out everyone. I think is awesome. Yeah. I believe well, that. well, I'm kind of curious. Isn't it like, um, you know, there's those unwritten rules of things. Isn't it like a certain etiquette, like where, yeah, you want to stick, typically you stick around for the next comic after you. Like that's the rule. I mean, at least one, uh, I don't, you I don't know. You want to stick around for at least one person after you, but if yeah. you're, if you're booked on a show, you got to go. Yeah. You got to go. You got to go. If it's an open mic though, you know, you work around it. You just try to be courteous of other people. It makes me crazy. One of the things that made me the craziest over the festival was a comic who came under the guise of support, sat down, didn't pay, which I'm fine with because they're a comic. But then during someone else's set came in here to ask me if they could get a three minute guest set. Then still comic on stage from out of town goes and doesn't sit down, leaves in the middle of the set. It's like you fucking selfish piece was that me? of dog shit. No. <laughs> Didn't get what you wanted. It sounds like no, you know. Because I, I know I had asked. Because I had asked no, if I could get. Because if I, I could pay it, my dues. I don't, don't want to talk. I don't want to talk too much shit about anybody no, in particular. Course. But it's just the idea of the comic who's like. Oh, look, there's an amazing thing happening here that I didn't participate in. Mm -hmm. I'm coming under the guise of being an audience member. Nope, I want stage time. I didn't get it and leaves. And the thing is, didn't even wait till the comic on stage was done. And that was like, it made, it was one of those moments in time where I was like, comics are assholes. Very selfish. (laughs) They're selfish, narcissistic, self-centered, which is all the same words, pretentious, What's the rule on heckling? I'm new. I've Don't done do stand up. Like, Don't ever do are it. Are you serious? Don't ever do it. Shh, no. Heckling is not helping. You think you're helping? Uh, heckling is not helping. Heckling is someone in the audience who thinks they can do it better than the person on stage who never gets the outlet to do it. Can I give so you the one heckling, exception ever? It's uh, Are you serious? Not unless Martin I do. Or- I do a heckling is helping show. I do a show once a year called Heckling oh, is Helping. Oh, that's a good idea. And I invite all the hecklers to come and heckle. But it doesn't spill over then? It would seem like it would get... It's like, no, it here's turns, crack, here's crack just this one night. Just now never night. smoke the crack again. How but, about this? A heckler is a comedian that's not funny yet. Oh, wow. Because if they were funny, they'd be on stage. I see. They, they're saying, oh, you have you, what you've crafted and worked on and you're up on stage doing, what I just came up with is better than that, mm. or I'm somehow helping you. I know, the and way, I, know, you know how I'm, I know I'm an asshole, and I know, I'm sorry to cut you off because no one has done it to me, so that's one of those things that makes me think, like, no one else is doing it. I'm the only one doing it. Like, I How long have you been doing comedy? And Mark put me, um, not long. Like, I mean, yeah. I'm funny, but like... like no, but how long have you been getting like, on stage? Tonight was like probably my ninth I think maybe yeah. last seventh so you've got so that's the thing you'll learn is that the reason no they haven't one, seen you enough to heckle you yet you know what I mean and, I cut you off. We, and they have enough manners not to heckle period right but um, it's not it's not helpful for anybody the thing is that it, it's confusing because comedy is an art where it's a conversation but it's a conversation where the audience doesn't answer back they're engaged in your in the conversation but the way that they show their engagement is through smiling looking not talking clapping their hands and making noises with their mouth that are positive sometimes it's, it's negative i think that's like important too because like the negative isn't necessarily negative it's a negative positive sometimes because reaction I, is what you're looking for i've engagement. i've i've often 
been a heckler on the side of positivity. Like I'm so engaged with them that I like make noise. I'm like, ah, and then <laughs> it's like, I don't mean to be stealing focus. And so that's what I have to like work on. Is <laughs> kind of like a, being a cheerleader. Kind of I am, but that's yeah, the yeah. thing is I'm a cheerleader, but the cheerleaders can, uh, they can annoy and mm-hmm. confuse the people playing the game. Mm-hmm. You make a great point and you really, cause like now it's like, if you're with them and participating and, it, and it, say one quick thing positive, then it helps. I get no, yeah. But if you say something, it throws off their rhythm because if they're on it. So what you do is you do this and make them stop, or you go ha ha, so that they have to stop because they're because of the laughter that's being elicited. You don't want them to stop because they have to acknowledge you in some way because you're being a dick and stealing their focus. You want to be. It's just it's a conversation. It's a hard thing though because it it feels like a conversation. If a comedian is good, it feels like they're talking to everyone in the room. Hmm. So it's like an engagement. It's interesting engagement. I don't know. I, I, uh, it was really fun this weekend to see so many comics from other places. I thought it was really great. And I was like, God, their scene, and their scenes are so similar to ours. Uh-huh. But they don't have as much stage time. That's a bummer. Um, well, because I feel like it's like a lot of the people that I met were from L.A. or from up north. Like Portland Washington, or Portland Seattle. North, yeah. You know what I mean? And, um, oh, Portland. I love them. They're amazing. Yeah. The, everybody that I met at that festival, I, met, I didn't meet all the comics, but I met a lot of the comics really 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 like solid individuals and extremely funny i mean their their stage presence was bananas like their ability to get on stage and just like command that crowd was fantastic um yeah i mean overall that was just such a such a fun time and like such a successful festival like such a success like not even just i mean like of course the audience but the comics like you had a very successful lineup like just just everything all overall there were there were two and I'm not going to call them stinkers. I don't think anybody was a stinker. And one of them, Ber- Bernice was great, but she did bomb on one of her sets and she admitted it flat out. She's like, one of my sets, I bombed. And a lot of it was similar material. Some people, the only reason I'd call them potentially a stinker is they did the same jokes with all their sets. And I was like, mm, I, the, the purpose of the festival is really to give people a minimum of 30 minutes. If they If they do it right, they can even have more than that because... If you, I give everyone 10 to 12 minute sets on and I give them at least three shows. So if they do different jokes at every show, that's almost 40 minutes of recorded material. And it's almost like they could piece it together and turn it into a fucking something. You know what I mean? Right. So my goal and hope is that people use the festival in that way. And there were a bunch of comics. There were two comics. One was Bernice Ye, and it's spelled Y-E, but Chinese is weird. She did seven podcasts. So she wow. did three, she did comedy shows, and then she also did podcasts. And she was great. She did her own podcast about Argentinian tango. She's nuts. She does Argentinian tango. I had no idea such a thing even existed. And she brought three other gorgeous Asian women, and she, they're like, this is how you, you dance with dudes. I'm like, oh my God, you guys are kind of pervy. And kind of, <laughs> in, like the, in like the cleanest, nicest way possible. It's like this thing about dance. Anyways, she's like, you put your bodies up together, but no, just your chests. There's like, there's no hips in tango. I was like, wow. It's like the opposite of hip hop. Right. Anyway, they were a lot of fun. And then the other comic... He won the he won the prize for the most. He was in nineteen percent of the festival. Carl Berger did eight podcasts. It's Carl. That's not. He was the tall drink of water. Okay, from yeah. Because I'm thinking. I think. I think I'm getting fucked with cheeseburger from um, Santa Cruz. Oh no! Or hamburger. What yeah. is his name? I mean, I'll take a bite of either. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> I make I make hamburgers now at at uh, at Bender. Oh, and there you and, go. And I think like every time I touch it, I'm like, mm, 
that burger, baby. Um, I can't wait for him to come back down because I'm going to... I'm going to roast him as I bring him up to the stage and say terrible things. But, you know, just anyways, I he did eight podcasts and one of them is therapy. He did therapy live on air and cried. I, I kind of have a la- I have a lacrimation fetish. I I have a thing. No, seriously, some I don't get in fights with my boyfriend. What does that cry, mean? Like Lac- lacrimation is crying. Oh. I like it. I like to see men cry. It gets me kind of turned on. What? How do you make your boyfriend cry? Explain yourself there, Pam. I know. I know, Jonathan. I don't want to talk about this. I know, Jonathan. I do not want to talk about this. No, no. I'm a monster. I'm a monster. I share cigarettes with this individual. I do not want to. He's a wonderful human being. I'm a monster. And um, sometimes, and he's a very, and my boyfriend is incredibly sensitive and he's a really beautiful person. And I don't pick fights with him to make him cry because, but sometimes, God, I'm just going to, I'm, you have to admit your problems to face them. And I have a fetish for seeing men cry. <laughs> I think because I cry so much and it's such like a thing. I know. Is it gross? I know. It's I'm not gross. Oh, that'd be gross. That's not gross. Know. It's I more just, of how you make the men cry. Is it just, is it you in the puppy and you guys can't see it's really <laughs> it's Just cry, you Mark fuck. No, I don't. I mean, I'm not a cruel person. I don't mean. To so is it like that. this? Is it like a sadistic? Is it like a. Is it like an I emotional like, pain or is it a physical pain that gets you? It's not out? about pain. I like to see men be vulnerable, I guess. Oh, I like to see vulnerability. That's very sweet of you, Pam. To the, yeah. I know. I'm so gross. I'm the worst person. <laughs> fucking <Sure>. slut. No. <laughs> Brian's, I know. Brian's song. There's a movie fetish. called Brian's Song. And that Brian's song. And he cries a lot. God, I love, that's no, why it's been so great really this week. it's really sad. Have you seen this movie? It's Fuck no. I got it. It's it's Brian's song. That's it. I'll okay, so I have to tell you. Sounds Asian. The R. The R. <laughs> Kelly thing. The R. Kelly thing is oh really like it touches a part of my loins because he's crying so much. <laughs> well, what part? Love of crying. Is... I love oh, you're about the interview. And cry. Yeah, I love. I'm fighting good, for my life. That's a good. Uh, that's so a pretty good hot. bit. It's so hot. It's so hot. You could, be that's a good bit because you can say you could say that you really like. The, the interview because like you could preface it with the fact that you get off to men crying and then you could be like R. Kelly's crying a lot in the interviews but it's it's like it's almost like porn for me because I know it's not real I know his crying is fake oh but it God. just it, it's, it works I though. don't watch porn I right, never you watch the joke. porn but <laughs> do you get the joke though I do get the joke and I like the joke because porn's fake and his fucking and emotions are all fake because he's a fucking pedophile I and he's a rapist no, I I do I watched the thing. Anyways, he was fucking Aaliyah at 15. I she know, was 15 years old. He married her. He 16. married her. Whatever. Then, then she mysteriously <laughs> dies in a car crash. I think he killed her. I think so too. I think so too. <laughs> to I think cover the evidence. I know it. Just like Courtney oh. Love. Skinner died. Love. Almost all of them in a fucking car cra- or a I think plane was, crash. I think Courtney oh, I killed Kurt Cobain. Here. I think that whole thing was his. I think that she killed him for sure. I think Courtney Love killed Kurt, Kurt Cobain. I've oh, seen okay. all those yeah. things. and. Oh yeah, well, I, and and now it's being said that fucking uh, that piece of shit Dave Grohl is the, the guy that who shot him. No. That that she that that they those two were in it together. That's what really? I heard. No. That's what I heard. No, not the Foo Fighters. Dave Grohl's the Foo Fighters. Tell me why you don't like Dave Grohl. This is a getting conversation. It's. I, I think he's dude. He was his like right hand man. Why would he? Dave Grohl's a piece of shit. Really? Is that? Oh my right? God! Look oh, look it up. He, he it treats then. his fans like trash. Like trash. <gasps> See, I don't even. I try, I've been. I'm submerged in a barrel of whiskey. Uh, no, <laughs> not not whiskey anymore. It's it's been IPA lately. I've just been like, I've been submerged in a barrel of comedy. 
Ah. I got it. I, I'm Good. so glad that my Jonathan doesn't listen to my podcasts. <laughs> oh, I get to like throw out my lacrimation fetish, and he's never going to hear about. He'll hear about it. And I'll probably start talking about it on stage. You should. You sent me a really funny one. I requested one. I'm like, send me and like you. And I was telling a guy that I walked over here with. It's like you walking in on someone in the bathroom. Asked, like I was in stitches. You. Had oh, some, the oh, one about oh, the, the the biggest dick I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, it was on a 17 year old retarded kid when I was teaching <laughs> special ed. And 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 he's, yeah, we tried to but we no, tried to his, do it, I get to use. The, you don't get to use the word. I do because I taught. Uh, I've, I've taught special ed. You were teaching years. me. You were in special ed. Are you kidding me? It's your word, baby. It's your <laughs> word. Are you kidding me? I've done my time in special day class. You it's, know what I mean? It was uh, it's, it's called resource where it's, I was yeah, where I was it's, at. It's your you were in resource pullout. It's your word. Right. Um, but I I was I was teaching uh, and he had they were it was a class of kids that uh, were eighty IQ points and lower. Not that I necessarily believe in IQ. Okay, though. they're not by those standards. I'm not retarded. Right. So if you look at, <laughs> but if you look at like the scale, if right. You're under if your IQ is under eighty. There's some super special needs, and I think right. that it used to be called retarded. That's got to be sweet Gail, and she's not retarded. Is that an actual she, she doesn't that. like the word. No, who does? I mean, <laughs> I, I use it. the word as a joke because I I say that I was the teacher. And Joey said, Diaz has a great bit, and it's about the word, and I know it's safe. <laughs> fucking San Francisco, the word faggot, right? He has a bit about it. Because he's like almost 60 years old. It's like, people say, I can't say, you can't change the rules in the middle of the fucking game, all right? Yeah, right. You know what I mean? You can't change the rules in the middle. So it's like, I, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Anyways, here's, the, here's, my thing about, here's my thing about using the word retarded. I was a special ed teacher and I was underpaid. When I started teaching special ed, I was paid $24,000 a year. And I taught for four years and I got out in, and, and the most I was ever paid as a teacher was 34000 a year. And... That's like a full-time job. Right. It basically comes out to less. It's $17.33 an hour or something is what $34,000 a year is. So it's like just above minimum wage in San Francisco is what I was being paid when I was teaching. So I get to use the word retarded. I fucking earned it. <laughs> I, know, I feel like a turd too because I, I meant it lately and I don't know, it's good that it kind of got brought up and I was just like, I was like, you know, like it was like, you know those weird things that happened to me recently where you're like, Oh fuck! I just did that. Like I'm sort of a hypocrite because I'm like the least PC guy ever. But then I was like, you know, and I have some like people in my like family that like are probably lower than I 80 in IQ. And I was like, hey, and I just gently commented. But I'm like, I can be like, I got caught recently. I was in, um, it was fucked up, man. I go to the store. I spent a lot of money there. My mom spent, and I was like looking for socks, and it had been raining. And I talked to the lady. I thought she was all nice, and then she like with her nose, she went. Like, like, did I smell? And it's like, look, and I let it go, but I get passive aggressive. And I went, and I was going up to the thing, and I was like, I was, and then I got, I was getting like the walk over there to the guy. I was like, hey, man, like, when, <laughs> like, when you get offended, and I'm like, and then someone else came over, and they're like, what'd she look like? And then I insulted her twice, and then I told this, and I like, I made a comment real soon. It seems like I'm ageist, but I'm not, and I'm just kind of like, it's is ageist a real thing? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I'm a sizeist. I'm not an ageist. I'm a sizeist. Like penis size or no, like, like oh, fat okay. people skin? Oh wow, okay. Like I can't deal with it. Yeah, I can't handle it. Like how fat is fat? Like me or like bigger like than me? Like the president? Like obese? Like more? Well, I'm, obese I think people. I'm fatter than the president. No, I think that you are. You, if if we did your body fat, if we put you on the, if we put you on the DEXA scale, uh -huh. the and BMI, we, if we did the scan of your body and saw, I would, I would probably 
I don't think I'd have you in the healthy range. I think you'd probably. Oh, I'm not be, healthy. You'd be in the obese range. <laughs> no, definitely. But I don't think you're morbidly obese. Right. I think. How tall are you? Six uh, two. <laughs> yeah. Okay. How tall in are you? In his really? pants. <laughs> how, no, how tall are you? I'm five, Like I thought I was five eleven. Then I met someone who was six foot the other day. I was like, I'm fucking five eight. So you're, oh no, you're not five eight. We'll say five nine. We'll split the difference. Right. So five nine. To have a healthy body mass index or BMI, you would probably have to weigh no more than, I think that top of the healthy range would be 187. Right. And that's really that's, skinny. Is it? That would be very on, small. On, your fr- on a 5'9"? I was 220 and I was like uncomfortable. Cause I got, I, I, I went, I went from, I went from, three, you're not no, I'm, I'm too, I'm in the middle of where I was and what I, what I yeah, got. So to. you're, so, you're so I was at, I, I was at 300 pounds. No, you weren't. I was at three. I have a picture of it. Oh I was at God, 300 pounds. Like so much. This is changing my ideas of sizeism. Cause I, right. Like, so I was I like 300. You. Yeah. And it took a, a lot of work for me to get down. So I went from 300 to 225 or 220 Damn. Damn. in about, about six months. So one of the other things I do, this is a guilty pleasure. I watch um, fat to skinny shows mm-hmm. and I cry. I cry, I cry, I cry. Have you ever There's been overweight? One. Hmm? Have you ever been overweight? Yes. I was, well, I was bulimic. I was, as a child, I was shamed into thinking I was overweight when I really was pretty healthy. And then that turned into bulimia. So I was bulimic for like 13 years. Oh, so wow. I have like super body dysmorphia issues. I'm the same size as I was in high school, but in, I mean, I can fit into my cheerleading costume still. So yippee ki yay. But in high school, I was like vomiting all the time, like wow. all the time. I, but, and, but I was, I was like, I saw that. Remember the different strokes? You might remember. You guys are older. There was a different uh-huh. strokes remember. episode where Dana Plato became a bulimic and she ate this birthday cake and then she threw up later. And I saw that as a kid and I was like, oh, what a great idea. <laughs> what a great fucking idea. Eat whatever you want. Just bu-. So. Before I would, I used to run track and cross country. So I was also an exerciser. I danced like four hours a day. I was a ballerina for 23 years. And I used to run cross country and track and all those things. And so before track practice or cross country practice, I'd run to Baskin Robbins, which was like half a mile away, run and I'd get a pint of ice cream and I would eat the whole thing. And then I would run back and on the way back, I'd get sick, obviously, because you can't like eat a pint of ice cream and then run. So then I'd vomit. But then when you throw up, it gives you all this adrenaline. And so I do it, especially on like race days. And I'd have to like time my puke, like right before my two mile run, because like it gave me so many, like so much endorphin stuff that I'd run way faster. And so like, in between track things, I'd like get ice cream, just like, and I'd like eat a whole thing of ice cream, and then I'd barf everywhere, and then I'd get in, I'd get, I'd do my, like, I'd do the 330 hurdles as like a warm up for the two mile. So I'd barf, I'd do the 330 hurdles, I'd be warmed up for the two mile, and then I'd do the two mile. Wow. And, and that's how I was like, and I was, I mean, and I was burning all these calories, and I was tiny, but it's also because I was consuming like quit. I mean, I was binge eating. Like, I would eat. I would get home and I would eat like pasta, noodles, everything. Pasta is really easy to vomit. Like, oh <laughs> my so God. Because it's just so noodly. Because it's so, so noodly and I was just like filling, 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 filling. Because I knew I was going to get rid of it. Was there a person you No, and then I said, and then exiting. Filling oh, and yeah. Then re- oh, my moving. God. Just like. See, so, yeah, I, I had two jobs and UPS was one of them and they expect you to be a robot. 
So I would just binge eat and then work like 15 hours straight. Oh. Like, like just sit there. Just, no, 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 there's no sitting. There's working. Oh. Uh, Oh, UPS. I wasn't driving. I was in the warehouse. Oh. So I was moving like 300 packages like every 10 minutes or whatever, you know, whatever, two minutes or whatever. It was quick. You had to be very fast uh, for 15 hours a day. You were working your core. You were doing like, you were doing (coughs) parkour. You were moving Oh, absolutely. I was jumping over shit. Absolutely. You got to keep that core engaged, baby. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Absolutely. I, I could kind of relate on the whole, um, not so much on the bulimic side, because back when I was in high school, I was a wrestler. Oh. So we had to really keep cut weight, s- cut weight like crazy. I mean, mm. I never thought of you know being bulimic or you know just trying to chuck off whatever you ate for the day. We were like very disciplined in what we ate, but the part where we took it to the very extreme is where we strap ourselves with like plastic suits. Right, so that you can get rid of all your water weight. That is fucked up. You could kill yourself that way. Yeah, you know what? I'll, I'll admit to this where it was raining one night. We They changed like the state California rule where you have to do an initial weigh-in and this is your set weight for the entire season. Oh. Because there's people who were jumping in like four different weight classes. Sure, just course. be can because if they suck at the heavier weight, they just kept losing weight to beat the little guys. Sure. And I ran through the tracks and like nonstop to a point where I passed out. Oh my god. Yeah, and I woke up I'm like, this is stupid. You know what? I'm just gonna wrestle this fucking weight and this yeah. is the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> well and then it's that that it's so funny because it's like, you gotta be macho. You can do it. Deny yourself. You're a wrestler. You got it. Like it's this very it's the same thing with guys that do like power lifting and all that shit. It's like you got you fucking be a man. You got ah like that kind of sort of intensity is like whoa Dude, man. And the sports are hard enough. Like I played sports, but like I played. I was supposed to play football in college. I played rugby. The crew oh, guys, okay. crew and wrestling and boxing. And I'm like, dude, isn't the sport hard enough? Yeah. And then you guys want to just go insane. It's- yeah, it's almost like a hazing thing where it's this is the way it's always been done. This is the way it's done. We suffered through this. You're gonna suffer through it too. And now. It's like, do we really have to suffer? No, <laughs> like, yeah. no do we, we don't, not at all. Do we have to suffer? Although I would like to watch people cry. So, but oh, so uh, back to the original thing, man. The Biggest Loser I used to love, except it took too long. So there's this new Australian one where they show the whole six month or three month or four month journey with the trainer, and, and they watch their transformation. It's called um, Bringing Sexy Back or something, and it's so Mate. cute and. And I cry, I cry, watch the, I watch these fat people get skinny and I cry and cry. And then you get turned on because you're crying and you're like watching it, just fisting yourself. (laughs) I am totally turned on, but not by me crying. I just, I just, I am also just a very vulnerable person, but I love to watch them cry. I love to watch their family cry, their kids, the whole thing. They're like, they're going to live now. They're healthy. Like they worked out. They have discipline. I love to see people with discipline that try hard at things. I, I don't know. Oh, I totally agree with you on that. I, if you were raised to a certain lifestyle where things are strict and because I as myself, you know, I'm Asian and everything is uh, by, by the book. Oh, I know. It just <laughs> clearly shows. I like, I, just for, for anybody that's listening and you don't know who I am. I could have swore you're Puerto Rican. <laughs> oh, you know what? I, I got that. That and a bunch of other things. <laughs> can, can I guess Filipino? 
No, I'm not Filipino. Hawaiian. It's because that's like the easiest, like you know, ethnic. No, no, I mean, no, for, you for Asians. I know it. it you that's racist. Know, you're not. You're not Korean. <laughs> it's Filipino <laughs> Month of Remembrance. Okay. I can usually I tell I Koreans. It. I can usually tell Japanese. Oh no, oh, not wow. even. See, I'm a very unique Asian. Are you Are you from Guam? You're from Myanmar. You're Burma. You're Burmese. Oh, very close. Like you know, Pam's getting really close right there. Wow. It's in the Southeast Asia area. I will tell you that. It's Cambodia. Is Indonesia warm? its own place? <laughs> warmer? Like a- nope. Getting yeah, warm. No, no. You were warmer. You, both between uh, Pam and... Vietnam. Yeah. What if we just start throwing racial slurs? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm a fucking... Oh, yes. <laughs> I have them, dude. I have them. I was, I was called... Not for that one. That's real sensitive. Vietnamese, you know, Vietnamese can't I, I grew up from well, the racial... No, here's the remember. thing. The word uh, G-U-K is actually a, a Korean word. Gook is actually a Korean word that means that. something specific. And it's so a, it's Isn't that a food? Or is juke? J-O-O-K. G-U-K. That's food. That's food. food. Yeah, that's yeah, a food. That's like a rice porridge or right. something. Yeah, it looks disgusting. Correct. But, yeah, but it's yeah. delicious. But uh, a gook, G-U-K, is actually a Korean word. And it's funny because the, so we adopted the term gook because of the Korean War. And when we moved to Vietnam, they transferred that word because they're like, all Asians are the same. Yes, that's, that is it's a, such a racist slur. It's very Vietnamese. That is true. When we moved to Vietnam, the fuck are you, bud? <laughs> All right, if you I'm really got to know, I was, I was just testing how far I can yeah. go with this. I'm yeah, no, where, so where are you from? So Southeast Asian, I am Laos and Thai. Oh, wow. Thai. I said Taiwanese. Or is that, Thai, Taiwan Taiwan, see, that's another Ta- mistake. Taiwan is different. Taiwanese is different from Thailand. Thailand, yeah. Taiwanese is like their own dialect of Chinese island. From Taiwan. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like the Polynesians and the Hawaiians. They don't associate it with themselves. Right. So it's kind of like Taiwan and China, even though China's been trying to conquer or the, the Hawaiians, past century. The Hawaiians and the... Uh what are those big motherfuckers? Loation. That's a pretty word. Loation. You know what? That's a Western term. I, I went to SFSU. I was an alumni from there. And oh, wow. So this professor was telling me that it's a Western term where they're really offensive, like if you were to use Laotian. But to, to be honest, I don't really give a shit. It's just <laughs> like, it was a term. It was adopted. I fucking followed with it. But What do people from Laos call themselves? Just Lao. Lao. It's like they don't You're believe Lao. in plural. Yeah, it's just Lao. Lao. <laughs> I have great. a question because I've been kind of an ass lately. Another with my ages thing. So, like, is it okay for all you guys? Seriously, I was. This is a fucked up situation. I was like working hard at this restaurant, washing dishes. Right, Asian dude gets in my space and like is insulting me about like difficulties in my life and i re- i regurgitated this i repeated this in a situation so if you're can you guys think of or, and i don't want to do it again because i was accused of being and i love everyone and i hate everyone equally it's like i just individuals to me it doesn't matter and i know everyone's not like this but like it doesn't matter what you look like what your gender if you're conforming all that like i look at you as a a, a brother or a sister or whatever you want to call yourself but like is it okay to like if it's really offensive to like use another person's accent back no, at them, no, it's not okay. It's not. I know. I had a kind of yeah, feeling. It no, wasn't. you can't do that. I know. It, you I, cannot do anything out of you. You can. I, you cool. can. You could do whatever you want, know, right? You could do whatever cool. you want, right? But in my in my opinion, yeah. and that my everyone has an opinion. I don't think doing anything out of anger 
uh, towards another person is a smart is a, is a good know. plan um, because once you start doing things that anger it's supposed to offend them it's supposed to get them yeah. mad yeah. you're 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 yeah. you're 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 returning you're playing I know, with fire I get I get passive aggressive and I'm gonna cut you off Mark but it's like he did that and I like I'm just like let it go in my head it's like I was like I. Well then, I'm like, did I look up at God? I'm like, he's like, it, I'm like working hard. It doesn't matter. Being racist is never okay. Is. That person <laughs> I think is an being asshole. Racist is it being doesn't racist. matter what their race is; they're just being an asshole. And I'm from so Stockton. I can tell you that, boy. Asshole is asshole. <laughs> well, that's what I need to hear. Thanks, man. It doesn't. Asshole is asshole. It doesn't matter where they come. Can you want to pack this? That's what I need to hear. Do I want to what? Pack it into the bowl. Oh, um, well, I, I can pack cl- it. I gotta clear that out with okay. the thing. I had a point, and now I don't remember about Lao. Oh, what's your okay? So I don't know if you've been to Yamo. Have you been to Yamo on 18th and Mission? No, I it's haven't. Burmese food and it is fucking bomb. I'm working my way through the whole menu because it's like it's like Thai food meets Indian food in the middle, which is funny because that's like where they're located, like right in between. It's so fucking good. <laughs> anyway, what is what is Lao food? La food is it's quite similar. It, it, it's strange. Like when I went through the Southeast Asian history course, um, it's just anything that's spicy and whatever yeah, that's like there. Yeah, like spice. They just throw spice a lot of like whatever their food within that regional area. A lot of noodles. G- ginger. No, here's a weird thing. It's not too much noodles. It's a lot of rice. Mm. Okay. And then there's like heavier set of rice, which is called sweet rice and sticky rice. Mm. Okay, they, I know they about would, sticky they rice. They would basically eat with their hands because they're more of like the indigenous type of Asians versus the northern part where when you get closer towards China, because we were as that region where we were at was called Indochina. Uh, well, you have your 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 islands, so you have fish. So you some real motherfuckers is what you're saying. You go up, you go up north, there's <laughs> oh, no, those fake Asians with the chopsticks it's, it's and the about, spoons. But it's it's you're about with your their, fucking their hands. fishermen. There's they're Correct. fishermen, and so mainland China people were farmers, mm-hmm. and people that lived on the islands were fishermen, and so it's just a different lifestyle. I think I think nicer boat people. I like boat. Oh, people. you're sweet. Hell yeah, boat people. <laughs> I like there's boat this, people. There's this Thai. There's this Thai. Isn't restaurant. that a racist? <laughs> no, <laughs> like no, that's fresh a, off the boat isn't a racist. No, but no, but that's. <laughs> what they do they're I, always on boats I'm not gonna lie to you but boat noodles are a thing so boat noodles are actually a Thai dish and there's a place oh, okay. in the Tenderloin and it's yes. super cheap it's like two seventy-five a bowl and they thicken it with pig's blood yes it's fucking amazing and it That's scares nice. people but yeah. it is so you can get it in the city here and it's in a weird place in the Tenderloin it's like it's like Eddie and Larkin or something it's on Eddie though but Oh my God! They have these boat noodles because of the boat people. Yes, and it's they're so good. No, I'm so down. I want to go to Thailand, but I'm afraid of going to an Asian culture because I can't speak the language at all, nor can I read it. What if like, they cry a lot? Did they cry a lot? I don't know. That's, I I don't know how that will work out, but uh, I here's the thing: when I travel, it's really hard when. You know, language is an issue. So I was in Italy last year and they, it was awful because they didn't really try to speak English. And But we were okay because Jonathan speaks uh, fluent Spanish and I read uh, I can read French. It didn't Spanish do Spanish is pretty close. Like he can get to where he can go to where, somewhat, Yeah, and some of the I, I don't speak French, but I can hear it and I can read it. So I could understand people a little bit because it's a romance language. But we were fucked in Italy because we couldn't understand anything. <laughs> I was like, you went to Italy and you're like, we, they sp- we speak languages that are around Italy. Yeah, they don't want to speak English. So it's kind but of we wrong. speak no Italian. So yeah. it was really hard. It was really hard. And I could look at menus. We could always order and eat. That wasn't a problem because I understand that language. But Italian food language, done and done. But the rest of it, I was so confused. And but in, we went to Greece, and in ev- 
everyone in Greece speaks English. All their signs are in both Greek and English. And everyone speaks English. We felt so welcomed. We fucking loved it. We loved it. And so I'm afraid to go to Thailand because nobody's going to speak English there. No, that's the And then what am I going to fucking do? Like, I'm going to have to figure out the money. I'm going to have to figure out the motherfucking boats. I'm going to have to figure out, like, I don't know. Do I just, like, how do I, how do I be like, Food. She's all like, how do I say, finds the one English, how do I say crying boat people in Thai? <laughs> <laughs> those, are, those are my people. Crying like, tiger, what? hidden dragon. There's no translation. Tra- uh, crying tiger, hidden dragon. See there, I do the accent for you to make that you was happy. That was bad. You, you're pretty lucky. Uh, I think it's Thailand is very progressively right now. Um, from my understanding, um, shoot, my landlord lives in Thailand, and he's not Thai. He's British. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, all right, all right, point. all right. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, it was like, so I was talking to my landlord. I was like, so what's the deal with Thailand? And I've been so blind about this whole thing, like living in America, and I'm trying to tap my, my motherland country. Um, my mother was telling me, like, it's progressing so fast because the, the the exchange currency between US dollars and Thailand it's oh, tremendous sure. so it's yeah. cheaper like everything that you ever dream of doing in America it's happening over there right now in Southeast Asia sure so if you just say you have $10,000 you're considered a millionaire ah, right now in Thailand yes crazy. you can start your own business you can open up your own restaurant and hotels and my own radio station yeah fuck you can own a radio station and like they're adopting to the new Russian culture now that's great or terrible I mean what's the good I mean I I, my whole thing culture I love culture because I love food Mm -hmm. I love food so much and I love all food so I can't like I don't know I don't want to see any cultures die or get assimilated because I want to keep that I want their food to stay alive because it's important I don't know I think I think the world's falling apart and if everyone just thought more about feeding each other we'd be oh, fine uh, yeah I feel you on that too uh, but you know what like there will always be the uh, authenticity like wherever where you go to eat like I was worried about that when I went to Mexico I was like am I gonna get some burrito and then I realized burrito is a California yeah, thing yeah, I you know that's yeah. very ignorant side of me because I was a California boy and I thought sure. that that was something you would see in Mexico but I was totally yep, wrong no off burritos of yeah do you think if so food comedy brings people together? I've found this great um you may have seen it, this great magazine called Sign Asked, I think is how you say it. So it's like very political. Like if you go into like nicer high end bookstores like C I N E A S T E, so like great films hmm. that I didn't know. Like if they do you guys think like if they and I read, I read a lot of current vet stuff, I'm not trying to go too much tangent, but like if we like to to like help stem like xenophobia is that how you say xenophobia like if we if we like put up some like theaters like if some theaters showed more world cinema in like parts of the country that weren't metro that would get it anyway like in new york chicago all that stuff do you think that might be a way and and i know netflix is a good avenue and all these things but like actual to go to the theater be like hey like once a month this theater is like showing this like film you know from Laos this film from Korea would it probably help but, right? and, and the it's problem is that now people don't leave their homes because of Ugh, Netflix or whatever totally. they're gonna want that on Netflix they're not gonna go out there's there's a very little communal participation in Ugh, ephemeral arts no like, not that way. a film is ephemeral but the moment of watching a film with people in a theater there's an ephemery to that where that's an art like you're all watching art together although it's art that can be repeated because it's 
of film. But it's the same thing. The ballet is dying. The symphony is dying. Like, the theater, the actual people acting, you know. Why I, are they dying? You know, because this is an important question. Like, you know more than me. Like, why, why, why yeah. are ephemeral arts dying? Yeah. Because, oh, because... I have my opinion on this, too. But yeah, but it's just that people... We as a culture have made ourselves instead of making it more community based, like back in like even 150 years ago with the homesteaders, even though we totally subjugated the Indians to do it. But like all the white people that were out there and self subsistence and having a farm and having a community and everyone was in everyone was out to help each other, like, you know, small, small communities helping one another to stay alive. And now we've turned into these insular beings of like, I have my four walls. This is the dream. It's a house and children and no one knows each other. And you don't know your neighbors. You don't ever want to know your neighbors. You don't want to know what your neighbors are doing. No one wants to know that shit. And everything is like, my family is important. This is important. And it's small, small, small. It's this, it's this little community with, and the big community that you engage in is all fake because it's TV, which is, Mm it's you know curated for you and netflix which is all curated and and facebook which is all so everything is like i feel so connected but really you're just becoming smaller and smaller and smaller yes and art is a way communal art is a way that large people in space and a lot of people they get it through church fine you go once a week call it church you know whatever do whatever you want there's 400 people in a room you're like i feel a sense of community yay and some people do that but not everybody Want, those aren't their people. Like some people are weird, creepy comedians. And so we all commune <laughs> together and talk about our dicks and talk about our crying fetishes. And like that's our engagement with the community. And so. The slam that was going on, I would like to bring it back. If it's not going on, you would know. And I was going to read one night, but I'm just such like, the I'm just slam. so all over the place at like the BART station. Remember oh, yeah, those, like, 16th on Commission. One... Is it dead now? I don't know. I was going to ask it's you because I thought you it's might been know. Every, it's been every Thursday at 10 good, o'clock. For good. I mean, years, I haven't done it in a long time right. but back when I was a poet that was a really important mic that was like a really because when you're a poet there's not a lot of stage time it's very different than comedy and it's outside and people see it and they see the joy and that, that people are like healing themselves by like hey I'm expression, speaking my yeah. truth yeah. radical self expression yeah. is important and that's why we have free speech and I, I, was, I have to agree with you the, the, cult, the art culture the performing arts culture in san francisco is very diminishing right now yeah. it's like it's so sad because like i remember just walking through the streets of the market and third and fourth it has a very beautiful acoustic sound where these street musicians when they would perform and stuff it has a good sound that just echoes through like the streets sure and it's amazing i was like and i was wondering about all these arts and the like the because i live in the corner of all performing arts where they're fourth and bright oh okay. and we have seen each other multiple times at the yeah, Utah yeah, yeah. Saloon, yeah, <laughs> and yeah, like, yeah. and then there's a huge art gallery there, and there was a music studio which I didn't know. It seemed like a crack house at first. Oh, I didn't and know then there was musicians there, sure. And yeah, they, and a Whole Foods right across the street. <laughs> and I didn't know that, and I I was sitting in the cap, like the center point of where all performing arts block was, and. I, a lot of people want to blame about how the industry of the business is coming around here in San Francisco because I was talking to a gentleman that was taking a shuttle towards the VA hospital where the culture have changed vastly so much because there's so many people moving into this world. Right, right, right. And they're not so much a fan of looking for these art side view of like performance and which is sad for me. Like I thought that's what's the drive. Well, they don't, they don't have to go out and see the vibrant stand-up community comp that... Com- 
stand-up comedy community because mm. they have Netflix. Yeah. Like, you can... But the thing is that when you're watching... We were talking earlier about comedy being a conversation. If you're watching Netflix, it's like you're not in the room, so it's like you're eavesdropping on the conversation that someone else was having over there. It's kind of a cheap way to distance yourself from things again. So people can not be engaged in their own lives. They can... They can you know, feel safe. Maybe I think it's a safety thing. I think for Americans, it's a safety thing. Being out in groups can make, and maybe that's why I have a crying fetish because it makes you vulnerable and being out in groups of people, there is a vulnerability to that. And so that's why I kind of get off on that too. And then also that probably has to do with the crying. Look at this. We're totally therapizing myself. I had this moment where (laughs) I was, and I normally, so it's been an interesting few years in the U S obviously. And, um, I, um, I've never seen anything like it. I'm 43 and, um, but we're, we're getting, we're waking up to a lot of things and, um, people are like feeling things. And I went to an event. It was an anti-war event and I'm terrible with maps, terrible with directions. And I'd been to the place like once or twice, really nice spot. And, um, I was walking and I didn't look too scruffy, but I had a big bag on. I was a little bit scruffy as I wasn't, I didn't look too scruffy. I looked less scruffy than I look now. And I went up to a woman. I was totally lost. And I was like, hey, do you know where? And she just, she put her hand, like a very friendly in my face. And she just put her hand out like this, like, stop, don't engage with me. And I was like, and I, and I played it. Sometimes this stuff makes me passive aggressive as you heard, but like, I, it made me sad. I think about it. And that's all I want to say, I guess. Yeah. Well, I have a question for you guys. Yeah, and you then know. we got to wrap it up. We'll do the question. Oh, just one go. good one. So, because yeah. we're all comics here, right? Yeah. I, like I said, I was new into this game, and I've been around where I have some of my sets were awesome and some mindset weren't. And I noticed that, is it difficult for you guys performing for a group of comics versus just regular folks? Well, so for me, when I perform in front of comics, it shapes what material I'm going to do. I'm usually going to try newer material because like tonight I did old material, but for some people you've never seen, I mean, I've been doing it for eight years. So for me, old material, you might've never seen it because I don't do that stuff anymore. So it's like, oh, but you still got to run your stuff. But I don't usually run old jokes at open mics because I know I'm not going to get a response. But if I'm doing new material and it's a comic only mic and somebody laughs I'm like ah it is good okay All right. or if they are paying attention or if they aren't I can sort of gauge before I start sort of what's going on but it's the material I'm gauging not my not what I add to it like if the joke if the language works they'll laugh I can't fool them with gimmicks like audiences I can give them a lot of energy and I can jump around and do something (laughs) weird and then they'll be like wow I'm gonna listen to what she says no matter what it is they're gonna go for it as long as I don't say um or ah or stop or do something stupid they're Mm -hmm. going to be engaged in what I'm doing because I can excitement it out but comics don't fall for that bullshit they don't they don't care about the razzle dazzle and the jazz hands it's about the language and the joke itself and the the material and so doing old jokes doesn't help me unless, see, but see, I'm different because I, I have my own venue. So if I want to do jokes in front of a microphone, I can fucking listen to myself and be like, oh, look, the radio <laughs> listening audience is listening to me. I can pretend there's a real audience <laughs> and works. I could do, I could do 40 minutes. I can do whatever the fuck I want whenever I want to. So for me, it's different. Like I'm not just in my house with a cat talking to my cat. I, I literally have a microphone and amplification and an audience, whether they're listening or not, or I can record it as a podcast and I can use it later or I can upload it manually or I can do whatever I want with it. So 
I have ubiquitous stage time, so asking me this question isn't fair. Oh, okay. I, I, I mean, I don't know. You you can answer how you feel about comics I'll, versus real audiences. Yeah, I was going to ask you a question because I, I, I have now, so I've done it almost 10 times, but I'm pretty... I just ten times. I do like I run. I'm on the air twelve hours live a week, and you're like I've done comedy ten times. <laughs> like I'll hit I'll hit ten open mics in a week, like on a light week, and th- and four of them I run. Mm-hmm. Wow! So putting together a set because you said so now I have like last night I did it right and I was like the guy gave me the one minute I'm like okay this is kind of my bread and butter I do a um a Mick Jagger's a Mater D bit right and so I'm like so I'm like okay now I'm almost perfected. With this one, but will I get rusted? Is your rusty? Is your and I do a bit about a no. Guy, you've only player. done it ten times. You have to write a lot more. Keep writing. Keep doing. You have to stuff. write and yep. write and write right. and, and write. And then every once in a while, go back. But so it's building to like a forty-minute set. Is obviously the honey. Goal. You need to think about five minutes right now. Don't Don't. I'm sorry. No, no I'm just know, saying. Know, like, don't have this. That's what Netflix is doing to everybody. It's making everybody think that they can do a fucking thirty-minute special. Fuck you guys. You just so you did it ten times. Seriously, I do ten open mics. Sometimes when I used to have more time, I used to do ten open mics in two days. I do five on a Monday and five on a Tuesday. You got to grind. You got to work. I've been this for Thank eight you. years Thank and you think oh i've done it 10 times why am i not getting laughs because right. it's fucking hard right. yeah well because right. it's hard can right. you relate that to sex <laughs> where like you know what like i could just i could deal with the five minutes not the 40 minutes set do three minutes give me your best in three man <laughs> like really knock it out of the park in three don't make the audience ever think why the fuck are they still talking will they <laughs> fucking shut up no i know i cut myself like, off one night because i realized i didn't have any more yeah, good material you've only done it Times. Okay. Thanks, we'll be back at 8 o'clock with Pam Dice's Comedy Clubhouse. This has been a fun uh, happy hour or open mic. Uh, thank you guys if you were listening. Bye. of swimming through a sea of podcasts. Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of mutinyradio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutinyradio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-face McRat. <laughs> Asiento, take a seat at Asiento on 21st and Bryant. Meet friends for a drink, have delicious tapas, and a relaxed community atmosphere. Asiento, honestly, is a wonderful place. They have incredible bartenders and board games all over the walls. Trivia on Mondays, Taco Tuesdays, First Wednesday, live jazz, live DJs Thursday, parties. The food is 
darn good. Special happy hour prices all night long with your Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival ticket March 1st through 5th. Check out the schedule at www.asientosf.com. Come take a seat. I had a date there and it did not go well. But it wasn't the fault of the place. They're very nice. Asiento. For a burger, Mutiny Radio thinks you'll find the best burger in San Francisco at Counter Offer, located inside Bender's Bar and Grill. Counter Offer's menu aims to please your drunk face. Tater tots are served daily. On Tuesday nights, Counter Offer serves specials off the Taco Bell menu, only better. You can enjoy your favorite Taco Bell item without the guilt. Counter Offer uses only fresh ingredients and never store bought shit. Special ingredients are made from scratch daily, including beans, ketchup, mustard, habanero sauce, and ranch dressing. Counter Offer even serves vegan mac and cheese. All of this great food is served 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. daily and until 11 p.m. on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Counter Offer is located inside Bender's Bar and Grill at 806 South Van S. Be sure to tell them Mutiny sent you. Counter Offer, baby. Everybody should listen to Mutiny Radio at mutinyradio.fm. It's a great place to listen to crazy things. Subliminal SF visual and auditory mind control brings you the best, coolest t-shirt and hoodie designs and mind-bending local bands and shows at venues all over San Francisco and the Bay Area. Subliminal SF is here to destroy your sense of normalcy and plant ideas in your skull to make you cooler and a more awesome person. Check out all the badass products at subliminalsf.myshopify.com. That's subliminalsf.myshopify.com. And experience Subliminal SF. Yeah. Welcome. Bender's Bar and Grill, located at 806 South Van Ness in the Mission District of San Francisco. Your favorite bar with awesome bartenders, rotating local art, and a killer back patio. It's a great place to hang out and play one of their two pool tables or old school pinball machine with a tasty adult beverage. Live music every Saturday for only $5. Bender's brings you face-melting metal and rock and roll. The last Friday of the month, Punk Rock and Schlock delivers super fun karaoke with Aileen. Come on, what's not to like? They even have counter-offer inside, frying up the tots with sexy hot burgers for your face. Open every day at 2 p.m. Their happy hour goes till 7 p.m. Benders is proud to be a sponsor of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival because they're an awesome community asset to the dirtbags who keep art alive in the mission. Benders Bar and Grill. Hi. 
Hi, welcome to My Limited View. I am your host, Sergio Novoa. And I'm your co-host, Vanessa Wilkins. Join us every Tuesday from 12 to 2 at mutinyradio.fm as we share stories, our personal stories. And struggles and challenges. And we'll also have guests come in and share their stories. And hopefully through all this, we can expand our view. Or your view. Yes, and there'll be plenty of dick jokes, so don't worry. It's not always going to be heavy. Yeah, I might even share black hair tips. Black hair tips. Don't know anything about it. Sorry. <laughs> All so, on my limited view. Yes, every Tuesday from 12 to 2. Uh, oh, you can if you can also find us on Apple Podcasts. Oh, yeah, and Google Play. And Stitcher. iTunes. Oh, you already said that. TuneIn Radio. Uh, Stitcher, you said that. Spotify. Oh, my God, there's just so many. And Overcast. Um, yes, you can also find us on social media, M as in Mary, L as in Larry, P as in Peter, podcast, MOV podcast is our handle. Until next time, I hope you're enjoying your review. Yes. Bye. Bye. That kind of sucked balls. Good evening there, my friends, here at MutinyRadio.Evan. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's Underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere $5 every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. Yeah.